All right, let's get into the text this morning, get to the Word. If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to open them with me to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. I want to use our time in the Word this morning to prepare our hearts to share in the Lord's Supper together. And John 6 is certainly an appropriate chapter to look into for that purpose. John 6 is the longest chapter in the New Testament, and it teaches us some beautiful truths about Jesus Christ. If you're familiar with John's gospel, you know that he, he structures it in quite a unique fashion. He, he uses several things. Uh, he uses the comparison of darkness and light when he writes his gospel. Uh, but he also writes about the seven signs of Jesus. These are the seven miracles that John records for us in his gospel of Jesus that speak to the identity of who Jesus is and the message that he has been sent to proclaim. But it's John as well who gives us the I am statements of Jesus, where Jesus proclaims who he is. And here in John 6, we have one of those signs as well as one of those statements. John 6 gives us the miraculous feeding of the 5,000. 5,000 men, according to the gospel writers. The number was probably much closer to 20,000 in total when you add the women and children to the mix that day. And Jesus took a little small snack pack. He, he took a little two-piece fish dinner, multiplied it and the loaves, and fed the multitude with so much that there was even uh, leftovers to be collected afterwards. And then out of that, Jesus gives us the statement, I am the bread of life. It's in John 6 where Jesus uses this physical act of multiplying bread and meeting physical hunger to speak of himself in spiritual realities, of being that which satisfies and sustains our souls. So if you have your Bibles open, I want us to hear from God's Word in John 6 as we think about spiritual feasting today, spiritual Feasting. For as we come to the Lord's table, that's what we're doing. I don't know what you're thinking. That sure is a little bitty piece of bread and a small cup. I'm not talking about physical feasting. I'm talking about spiritual feasting. It's what Jesus is driving at here in John 6. So if you have your Bibles open, hear God's word. We'll read John 6, verse 35, and then we'll drop down and read verses 47 through 59. John 6. 35, hear God's word today. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Go to verse 47. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, 
Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he will also live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught Capernaum. Would you pray with me? Oh Lord, we thank you today for your holy word. Jesus said that man cannot live by bread alone, but that we live by the very word of God. And Father, it's my heart's desire today that we would be a people who live. And so we pray today that by the help of your Spirit, we would feast upon your Word. That we would feast upon Christ. That we would feast upon the glories of the Gospel again. Father, I pray that you would be at work in me now, but not only me, but all who are before me. And Lord, for all that you do today, we will praise you and thank you. For it's in Christ's name, amen. As we come to the Lord's table this morning, it's appropriate that we look at this passage. If pressed upon it, I would admit to you that there's no direct connection regarding the ordinance of communion. What I mean by that is that there's no explicit instruction found in these verses regarding what we will do here today. But But if we look carefully at it, we'll realize that there is, in fact, some parallels that exist. And in fact, what Jesus is teaching here in John 6 does, in fact, uh, weigh upon what we do this morning as we share the Lord's Supper together. How do I know that? Well, two reasons. First of all, John tells us at the beginning of chapter 6, in verse 4, that the events taking place contained within the chapter occur in connection to Passover. He says that the Passover is at hand. And if you're familiar with the Passover, you know that that was the meal that was instituted in the Old Testament for the nation of Israel to commemorate, to celebrate, uh, to look back upon the deliverance uh, of God from their bondage in Egypt. And it was during the observance of that meal in the New Testament, in the upper room with the disciples, that Jesus inaugurated the Lord's Supper this supper that we share this morning, this sacred moment of remembering and reflecting on the greater deliverance that we have from sin through the gospel. So the event of Passover, John clues us in that that's taking place. But perhaps even more clearly, as we come to our text this morning, we notice the elements. In verse 53, Jesus speaks about drinking his blood and feeding on his flesh. Let me be clear here from the outset, Jesus is not speaking literally. Jesus is not calling us to the practice of cannibalism. This is communion this morning. 
But as he said that, even those that heard his words on this particular occasion were troubled by it. How can this man, the Jews said in verse 52, give us his flesh to eat? How can we drink his blood? Well, Jesus isn't speaking literally there. Jesus is using the miracle that occurred whereby he multiplied the bread and met the physical need of hunger in the lives of those present through, through that occasion to teach some important spiritual truths. Namely, that there's a greater bread that they need to give attention to, which is Jesus himself. And Jesus says, you need to not eat just physical bread, but you need to eat me. Spiritually, your souls need to take me. And as we observe communion today in these elements, we have the bread, we have the cup. And in these things, we are reminded once more of what Jesus Christ has done for us in his life, his sacrifice, and through the resurrection. Communion captures us for us what Jesus is saying here. Eat, drink, feed, feast in a spiritual way. That's what we're doing. And I hope that for just a few moments we can center our minds and center our hearts around that reality. That as we share the Lord's Supper this morning, we're proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ as that which nourish, nourishes our souls, that which satisfies our souls. So as we look into John 6 this morning, as we kind of walk through these verses and really look back into the chapter above where we even read some, I think there's three statements that we make as we share in the spiritual feast of our faith. Number one, as we share the Lord's Supper this morning, we are proclaiming that Christ saves. We're proclaiming that Christ saves. That salvation is found in Jesus alone. In verse 35, where we began reading this morning, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. That's one of the I am statements of John's gospel. And he adds to that, whoever then comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. That as we come to Jesus, as we believe in Jesus, we find salvation in him. We find a rest for our souls. We find the, the longing of our souls met. Jesus is using the, the physical understanding of hungering and thirsting that we know so well with our bodies and relating that to the greatest need of our lives, that which pertains to our souls. And because Jesus is the bread of life, the bread sent down from heaven, a bread that is better than a physical bread for our stomachs, Jesus says, those who believe in me, those who come to me, those who feed upon me, feast upon me, those who drink me, if you will, find salvation in me. Jesus says in verse 56, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. That is the essence of salvation. What does it mean to be saved? Ultimately, it means that we are in union with Christ, that we are in him and he is in us. And based upon that union, then we have received eternal life. Why? Because Christ himself is eternal life. 
So Jesus says, whoever feeds on my flesh, drinks my blood, abides in me and I in him. But what does it mean to drink uh, his blood, to feed on his flesh? Well, John 6 tells us, Jesus tells us. There are several words in this chapter that are synonymous with what we oftentimes simply think of as faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. We are justified by faith. Not by works, lest any man should boast. Our salvation comes only through faith. Well, what is faith? Well, Jesus here says it's feeding on my flesh. It's drinking my blood. But what does that mean? Well, back in verse 35, it means that we've come to him. And then in the second half of verse 35, Jesus relates our coming to him to believing in him. So drinking, eating, feeding, seeing, coming. In John 6, they all mean the same thing, that we have placed faith in Jesus, that we are believing in him. To believe in Christ is to forsake all others and come solely to him to meet the need of your soul. To believe in Christ is to, to look away from all other fountains that this world puts before us and say, no, I'll drink only of Jesus. That's what it means. And so as we share in this moment this morning, what we are confessing, what we are professing is that we have believed by faith in Jesus Christ. Therefore, he is in us and we are in him. Christ alone is the hope of my salvation. Christ saves. But secondly... We come to the table this morning. We're also confessing that it's Christ who sustains. It's Christ who sustains. In verses 47 through 58 of John 6, Jesus draws a comparison. He speaks to them about the bread, the manna, that their forefathers, their physical forefathers, ate in the wilderness. You remember that? They're delivered out of bondage from Egypt, God's people. They go in this wilderness wandering, and as they're doing that, God each day sends bread from heaven, manna from heaven. It comes down. They go out each morning, they collect it, and it sustains them along the way. It was the physical nourishment that they needed to give their body strength along this wilderness journey that they were on. But Jesus says, I'm not like that bread. You say, well, why is Jesus talking so much about bread? Why, why, is he, why is he caught up in drawing these comparisons about bread? Because the miracle that he performed, in a large part, centered around bread. And when we go back to uh, earlier in John 6, in, in John 6, starting in verse 22, it's the next day after that miracle. Jesus has kind of escaped from the crowds a little bit, but they find him. And Jesus tells them, I know why you're seeking me. You want me to put more bread into your stomachs. You want me for physical prosperity, material prosperity. You want me because you ate your fill of the loaves. And Jesus says, that's not why I've come. But there's not a whole lot that's changed in our world today because that's still why a lot of people want Jesus. They want Jesus to put more bread into their stomachs. They want Jesus to put more prosperity in their life. But Jesus makes it plain to them. He says, I have not come to give food that perishes, but rather I've come to give food that endures to eternal life. Jesus is the bread of heaven, the bread that sustains us through eternity. 
And so he draws this comparison of the physical manna that was sent each day to the children as they wandered in the wilderness in the Old Testament to the bread that has now come down from heaven, Jesus Christ, God's own son. And Jesus says, I'm the bread that'll get you all the way to heaven. Physical bread will get you to the next day, but I'm the bread that will get you to eternity. I'm the bread that gives eternal life. It is because of me, he says, that we receive eternal life. So as we share in this supper this morning, as we receive these elements, it's our confession that Christ is sustaining us all the way. That what we receive from God, what we enjoy of God, what we expect from God to still come in the future is simply because of Christ. Some of you are here this morning in morning in your, your life has been in a hard place for a long time. Some of you have walked through a long trial. Some of you have faced hardship after hardship. Some of you find your faith this morning incredibly frail, and feeble, and weak. Some of you even say, I I'm hanging on just by a thread. That's all I've got is a thread. I, I don't even know if I have an ounce of faith. Well, I've got good news for you this morning. It's Christ who sustains. It's Christ who holds us up. It's Christ who gets us all the way home. It's in Christ that we find our eternal life. So this morning as we share in the sacred supper of remembering Jesus, I hope that you'll recognize that he will sustain your faith. What you need to do today is take your eyes off yourself and put them back on Jesus. To take your eyes off of where you're at and, and what you may be going through and, and how little your faith may be at this moment and just put them back on Jesus because Jesus is enough. That's what he's saying here. I am enough. Eat me, take me, believe in me, come to me, drink of me, and you'll find that I am all that you ever needed. I will satisfy the longing of your soul. I will sustain you all the way to heaven. Jesus will get you there. So listen to me this morning. I know some of you, you probably feel like, man, my faith's nothing. But I want you to know that it's not your faith that gets you there. It's Jesus who gets you there. You're not saved based upon the quantity of faith that you may possess today. Jesus didn't say if you have this much faith, then you're good to go. If you can amass this much belief in me, then you're good to go. No, Jesus just said, believe in me. What gets you there is not the amount of faith that you have, but the object that you have placed your faith in. And if that object in person is Jesus Christ, who is the true bread that has come down from heaven, that I want you to know today, based upon the authority of his own words, you shall not hunger, you shall not thirst, because he has come from the Father who lives, and because Jesus lives, you too will also live because of me. That's what Jesus said. Look at it. Look at verse 56. Whoever feeds on my flesh, drinks my blood, abides in me, and I in him. That's salvation. That's our faith, our trust, our coming, believing, drinking, feeding, feasting on him. And then he says in verse 57, as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, whoever feeds, whoever believes on me, he also will live because of who? You? 
No. Not you. Because of me? No, not me. Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus today. And so as we share in this supper this morning, we we put our eyes back on him and we say, Lord, I I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know what tomorrow may hold. I don't even know how how my faith is going to last. But I know today that Jesus Christ is enough. He gets us there. He sustains. He carries us through. We look to him. And that brings us to our third statement this morning. That Christ satisfies. He satisfies. Whoever comes to me, their souls shall not hunger. Whoever drinks of me, I'll never thirst. Satisfaction. It's the invitation of Isaiah 55 lived out through the ministry of Christ. Come, come, everyone who thirsts, come. Come and drink, buy and eat. Come, come. Why do you spend your money for that which doesn't satisfy? Come. Jesus Christ says, come to me and find the satisfaction that you're longing for. Today, that's what we proclaim. That no one else or nothing else can satisfy our souls like Jesus does. The aching of our hearts, the the longing of our souls have been met and fulfilled in Jesus Christ alone. He satisfies us. In my office, some of you have been there. Everyone's invited. I told him in the first service, it's not like going to the principal's office when you go to the pastor's office. It's hopefully a much more enjoyable experience. But in my office, when I sit at my desk on my far wall, I have a large picture. And in that picture are five species of deer. To the best of my knowledge, there's a white-tailed deer, a mule deer, uh, there's an elk, there's a red stag, and probably a, a black-tailed deer, a sitka deer, to the best of what, or at least that's what I make them out to be. And I know what you're thinking. You're such a redneck. You've got a picture of deer hanging in your office. and You, you wouldn't necessarily be wrong about that. I, I enjoy going into the deer woods and all of that. And that's something I, I, I've always enjoyed. But, but that's not why I have that picture hanging on my wall. When I look at that picture, I don't think about, boy, I'd sure like to kill one like that right there. No. No. When I look at that picture, and I look at it every day, multiple times a day, and I see those five deer, ten eyeballs looking back at me, I'm reminded of the words of the psalmist in Psalm 42. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And so throughout the week, as I see those deer on my wall, I'm reminded that I'll not find satisfaction in thinking that I can preach a good sermon. That I'll not find satisfaction in thinking that that we can have a great church, which is what I think you are. 
and that I'll not find satisfaction for my soul and seeing how many ministries we can, we can get up and going or how many souls even that we can baptize. All of those are good things, but they'll never satisfy the soul like only Jesus can. As I look at those deer, I pray the prayer of Psalm 42. Lord, let my soul thirst for you. God, be my satisfaction. Be my delight. Meet the longing that I have today. Lord, when can I come and appear before you? Lord, just to be with you. You, O oh Lord, are what satisfies me. That today is what we say. That's what we proclaim. That's the message that we preach. That as we receive these elements we're saying that our souls have spiritually feasted upon Christ, that we are in Him through salvation, and He is sustaining our faith all the way home, and in that, we are satisfied. Jesus said it this way, Matthew 5, Blessed, happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Jesus is what satisfies us. Today, as we share the bread, as we drink the cup, let your soul proclaim your, status, his, your satisfaction in Him. Let your soul delight in the God of your salvation. Let your soul rejoice in knowing that Jesus Christ is enough. That He is enough to make us right with a holy God. Would you pray with me? Oh Lord, we come into this life with souls that are broken and tainted by sin. And the allurements of this world lead us to find our pleasures, our delights, our joy, and things that simply are not eternal, things that do not satisfy. But God, in your grace and out of love, you sent down bread from heaven. You sent down your Son, Jesus Christ, to meet the longing of our souls, the true need, the great need. And Father, today we rejoice that we can feast upon him that we can be in Him and that He can be in us and that salvation comes in Jesus Christ today. And that because He lives, we live with Him. And that He is enough. So I pray today for the one who's walking in a hard place. I pray for the one today who's, whose faith is feeble and frail and Lord, I pray for the one who's on the periphery and they're wondering, what do I do? Where do I go? Lord, may they look to Christ again today. May they turn their eyes upon Him. May they see Jesus, the author, the perfecter of their faith. And may their souls in You, O Lord, be satisfied. Let us taste that grace and glory today. And let us never be the same. For we ask these things now in Christ's name. Amen.